Welcome to the HR Chat Podcast, bringing the best of the HR and talent communities to you. Welcome to a special edition of the HR Chat Podcast. It's very special, in fact, because we have reached episode 300. Hi, I'm Bill Bannum, founder and host of the HR Chat Show and the HR Gazette. You know, it's funny. Back in 2016, when we started the podcast, I would have thought you were kidding if you told me that we'd reach such a huge milestone. In the 299 episodes preceding this one, I and guest hosts such as Tim Baker and Matt Burns have interviewed global experts, leaders and those in the HR trenches. Guests have been from brands such as NASA, Sherm, Government of Canada, Hacking HR, Ultimate Software, McLean & Company, Recruiting Daily, ADP, IBM, Deloitte Consulting, LLP, Simon Sinek, JD Expert, Constellation Research, Anchor HR, Unilever, Jazz HR, Seagit, Orgview, Shopify, Culture Summit, Disrupt HR, Talent Board, Virgin Pulse, Make-A-Wish Foundation and the Coca-Cola Beverages Company, just to name a few. In episode 200, we celebrated that milestone by inviting the awesome, entertaining and super popular Steve Brown back onto the show. Guests in the following 99 shows included Dr. Philip Mead, Laura Tatham, Barry Flack, Pete Lampsom, Janice Sutherland, Matt Charney, Christopher Bjorling, Ken Charman, Pauline James, Ray Wang, Gary Ware, Ivan Harding, Neil Lavis, Ben Eubanks, Glenn Donaldson, Lavelle Martin, Ben Gagan, Amy Kruglak, Dave Milner, Marcus Babbitt, Elizabeth Vargesi, Felicia Cheek, Lars Schmidt, Dr. Rochelle Hayes, Martin Hartshorn, Sona Kolsler, Jerome Turniak, Dr. David Katz, Dr. Dexter Sherney, Miso Nuccio, Bobby Humes, William Tinkup, Samuel Isaac, Kevin Harrington, Mark Tim, Dr. Corey Olson, Bill Borman, Nancy Vitali, Jess Von Bank, Stephen Shevsky, Andy Spence, Tim Sackett and Julie Wold. So 100 episodes on from that chat with Steve Brown, we've all been through a pretty grueling and challenging time. So for that reason, HR Chat episode 300 is going to be a medley of positive and constructive insights from a bunch of those guests that I've just mentioned featured between episodes 200 and 299. Listen to extracts demonstrating powerful, inspiring views, experiences and tips to help you remain resilient and come out of the crisis hopeful and better prepared for the challenges ahead. This podcast is supported by Fidelo Inc., a consulting firm specializing in improving human performance. Through their products and services, Fidelo helps clients design, develop, and implement strategic integrated human resource processes and systems. Learn more at fidelo.com. That's F I D E L L O.com. In this first interview extract from HR Chat 274, we hear from Layla Tariff, Chief People Officer at Allbirds and the author of the April 2021 book, Strong Like Water, How I Found the Courage to Lead with Love in Business and in Life. In the interview, Layla and I reflected upon the fact that at that time, lots of people were suffering from early or onset stress, anxiety and depression as a result of the pandemic 
and everything that's been thrown at employees. And I asked her what insights would she have to share around how to use tragedy and attrition and turn that negative energy into something powerful and positive. This past year, I think, has been a collective period of loss for the world. And what my personal journey of loss has taught me is that we, all of us, at some point in our lives, experience some type of adversity. And it comes in different shapes and sizes, right? But but no one gets a free lunch. No one gets a free pass, uh, as we've clearly seen this past year. And the gift in any sort of adversity is that if we're able to be honest with ourselves and allow ourselves to experience it fully, and by that, what I mean is to not allow ourselves to deny what's happening, to respin it to something more positive, just to allow ourselves just to be in the muck <laughs> and then to realize that we made it through like it didn't kill me. I allowed myself to feel really awful uh, and everything that comes with that. And I made it through. When we're able to do that, we come out stronger, more resilient, more emotionally capable, more adaptable. So in a way, these tough times are like a boot camp for our emotional resonance. And, And that's really the gift of tragedy. If we allow ourselves to experience it fully, it really does make us stronger. And I know that sounds cheesy and like a quote, but this is how emotions work. If we feel them, the energy works through us and then it dissolves. We process it thoroughly and it leaves us and we become stronger and more resilient. And if we don't, it gets stuck inside us and it makes us feel awful. And we, you know, you know, that dissonance you feel where you want to do one thing, but you kind of feel another, but you're not allowing yourself to feel it that way. And that makes us really emotionally brittle. And so I think right now, it's really important for leaders to check in personally with their employees before launching into the to-do list. You know, I, I, I talk about the head and the heart and the balance between them a lot in, in my work, in my life. Um, you know, just a quick, hey, how are you feeling? How are things at home, which is now work? And then moving into the agenda. And, and, I, and I try to remember to ask, what can I do? Which, you know, can feel heavy if your cup isn't full either. And what I've found actually by saying that is that others will say the same to me. Well, how can I help you? And just just showing that support, I think this time has shown us that it's collectively together in community, how we're going to make our way out of this. And the most important thing is to recognize where your employees are, where people are, and to meet them where they are and not where you want them to be. That's been the big learning this year. In this next extract, we hear from Rob Bramage, CEO and founder over at IntelliHR. Back in episode 269, I asked Rob, how has thinking about high performance and leadership changed since COVID hit? Yeah, I think probably the biggest factor, um, you know, if you if you go back to COVID, we were talking about the future of work and, you know, that was looking at core factors and around where people work, uh, how they work and, and who actually does the work as well. Um, you know, come along uh, the, the global pandemic and, you know, the, the easiest thing to say, it's an absolute 
global business level are. Every business has gone through exactly the same, uh, I suppose, conditions and changes to the way they need to operate business and, and more importantly, how they actually not only look after their people but how they actually see their people and, and that is actually moving to distributed workforces and actually starting to work with people remotely um, and, and also working with the whole person. You know, when, when someone's actually in their home, uh, there's no more reality of, of a whole person coming to work every single day. So a lot of the things we talked about just became instant reality in that regard. And I think the biggest thing that's changed leadership, it's not leadership or organisation by sight anymore. Um, and um, having a remote or distributed workforce, um, you know, the, the way you actually connect and um, I suppose um, work with people is remarkably different. And, and that's what I think has actually fundamentally changed uh, leadership where they've had to change a gear, had to adapt, had to really look at different ways of connecting more routinely um, and, and really helping people be a lot more autonomous um, in, in around their actual work. So um, the, the good old Dan Pink's work around autonomy, mastery and purpose um, you know, has really come to the forefront in around how a, a leader really needs to look after their people. In HR Chat episode 271, my guest was Kelly Cooper, founder and CEO of the Centre for Social Intelligence. In that episode, I asked Kelly, in terms of the HR function and corporate mandates, what has actually changed with regards to diversity, equity and inclusion programs in the past year? I would say there's a greater focus on anti-racism, as you pointed out with George Floyd. Um, But the conversation in general has moved from what used to be, in my mind, gender focused to inclusion in all its facets, which means um, race, uh, religion, uh, for us new Canadians, um, sexual orientation, Indigenous people, people living with disabilities, the whole range of inclusion. So it used to be a conversation about diversity and inclusion. It's now becoming more of inclusion and diversity. So I would say that's what's been going on in the last year. Back in HR Chat episode 252, I interviewed Dr. Ryan Todd, a practicing psychiatrist on a mission to improve the mental health of employees. In that interview, I asked him, in times of adversity, what can leaders, employees and HR pros learn in order to help them bolster resilience? Yeah, it's a great question. And it's something we think a lot about at adversity. How do we how do we genuinely train resilience? The first, I guess the foundational piece there is that resilience is trainable. It is a trainable set of skills. Uh, there's a lot of research to support that. It, resilience, of course, is your your readiness to face adversity. Now, there's a number of definitions of, of resilience. One is like how you can bounce back from adversity. I think it makes most sense to think about it in terms of our readiness to face adversity. So at baseline, we know that we can train these skills and that there's evidence to suggest that there are particulars about resilience training. In fact, there's there's six core skills that we like to talk about and six core skills that are that are germane when it when it comes to resilience training. The first is self-expertise. So that's like, you know, knowing yourself, knowing your your why, why you do the things you do, why you get up in the morning. Why that's important? Well, it's really tough to meander through life without purpose and it's really difficult to have good mental health 
and be a resilient person if you don't have at least an approach on how to find that why. So that's an important kind of starting block. The second is around mindfulness. Mindfulness, it's become so popular and that's great. That That's a really good thing. It is really the, the vein that runs through all of mind or sorry, resilience training. Uh, why? Because if you can't stay focused and grounded and here and present, it's really tough to accomplish any other skill. Uh, the third is around mental fitness. A lot of this work around mental fitness comes from sports psychology, where you are training athletes, for example, to uh, you know reduce their stress and perform in moments of high, high stress. Like imagine being a an Olympic speed skater where you train for four years for this like three minute moment of your life. That's very stressful. And the best literature and the best science comes from sports psychology and being mentally fit. That's being poised and focused and confident. The fourth skill is around mental health. And that is really about understanding what mental illness is, what it is not, what stigma is, how to have conversations in the workplace about mental health. Really important skill because we know that half of our leaders are uncomfortable having those conversations. They don't know how to help people with uh, a mental health issue in the workplace. The fifth is uh, hardiness. So how do you weather the storm? Like, how do you get through what we're going through right now with COVID? How do you how do you develop those tools? How do you stay optimistic throughout difficult times? And the final is energy management. And this is not final in terms of its importance. I think now more than ever, we need energy management skills. How do you how do you manage your cognitive workload if you're working from home? How do you sleep on a schedule? How do you make sure you're eating breakfast? How do you make sure you manage your physical exhaustion levels? So those are the six core skills of resilience training. Uh, and that's really what the Headversity platform takes you through. And that's what I still do with patients every day. I take them through these skills. And uh, you can see amazing results if you engage with these practices every day. In HR Chat episode 256, we considered data that shows how working from home has changed the expectations of employees, the evolving role of managers, and the rules we actually need to stick to while working from home. My guest on that particular episode was Brian Kropp, Group Vice President and Chief of HR Research at Gartner Research Inc. I suggested to Brian that one important thing that the pandemic taught us is that most employees are highly resilient, even in some of the most unexpected situations. However, their resilience has been challenged by their attempt to follow all rules, systems and processes that companies put in place to ensure a high efficiency level. So I asked Brian, while rules are needed, should organisations focus on those that support their employees, their culture and their workplace, instead of just sticking to the rules for the sake of tradition? You know, it's funny, at the start of the pandemic, the big concern that, that most companies had was, oh my gosh, with this shift to remote work, with everything that's happening, our employees are just going to fall apart and the whole company is going to collapse. And what we've actually learned is, to your point, that employees are amazingly resilient. Human beings are amazingly resilient and find a way to get through. One of the realities around how they found a way to get through is that uh, 
employees broke a bunch of rules for very good reasons. Um, uh, and they changed how they worked. Uh, for, again, for very good reasons, because you know, if you had kids that you were homeschooling, if you had uh, parents that you're concerned about their health, all sorts of craziness was going on. So you had no choice but to break the rules. And one of the biggest lessons that I think we're gonna take away from uh, the entire pandemic experience is that the best companies create process suggestions, not process demands. And they're able to coach saying like, here's how we found are some of the best ways to do something. But if you've got a better way to do it, then that's fine. Like, I'll give you an example. Uh, a company that we were working with, um, uh, an insurance company, uh, uh, they do uh, claims processing for one of their business units. And what they originally did was they moved their entire uh, workforce remote. They had to do all their calls remote. They had to log into the system at 8.30 in the morning and at 5.30 in the afternoon. And that was that. And what they started to see is that employees just naturally started to change when they're working because of their own situations. And one of the most fascinating things coming out of that is that as employees started to shift the time of when they worked, some started working really early in the morning, some started working much later at night, all sorts of changes there. You know, some would work two hours on, take a break for two hours, work for two hours, et cetera. And what they found is that as employees started to change when they were working, they actually were able to process more claims with a lower error rate. Their productivity improved on any dimension as soon as they started taking away some of the rules and processes around time and when you were supposed to do stuff. And so what companies need to look at is there's a set of rules that you need to have in place because there's legal qualifications for it, uh, there's uh, ethical things to think about, whatever it might be. You, you gotta keep those. But a lot of the rules and processes that were put in place were designed to manage against the, the bottom 10 or 15% of performers. They were rules and processes put in place to, to manage that bottom end of the distribution, not to enable freedom and flexibility for the best performers. And as you're thinking about what you wanna do in the space going forward, the first thing you should be asking yourself is, are my employees achieving their outcomes? If they are, then it's probably okay to pull back a lot on the processes and rules and have a much more output-based approach. If they're not, then you can take a step back and look at the rules and processes they put in place to see if those are working. But we're gonna be shifting from how people get work done to did people get their work done? And that's a very different way to think about management, leadership, uh, performance, productivity, all those different measures. But that's the shift we're having to go through. Our next snippet comes from an interview that I did back on HR Chat episode 222 with my friend Bobby Umar, CEO of DYPB, Discover Your Personal Brand. In that episode, I asked Bobby, how can we manage and recover during challenging times? Here's what Bobby had to say. Well, one of the things you can do is make sure you have a, an important support network. So I think there, there's two types. One would be the professional support network, which could be your team members or your uh, or your boss and mentors, things like that. Second one is a, is a personal support network of family and friends that you check in on weekly or monthly or you know having those calls. I think that's probably one of the best ways to deal with it. The second thing is to put together, you know, start thinking about a list of short-term and long-term tasks of what you're trying to accomplish and what you're working on because we can't do everything. So if you actually have a good outline of kind of what, you're, what you need to work on and you look at your schedule, you need to plan those things in. 
And the third thing I'll say is plan for downtime and relaxation time and de-stress time, whether it's in nature, going for a walk and things like that. All those things will help you out. In HR Chat episode 261, I was joined by Suzanne Lucas, aka the evil HR lady. And in that episode, we spoke about how the pandemic has impacted company culture and operating models. Listen to this answer from Suzanne when I asked her, in the context of there being an end in sight as vaccines were being rolled out, what she saw as the main priorities for HR departments when it comes to facilitating a return to some degree of normalcy in the workplace. I think the big thing for HR pros is to get the policies right. And we talked about company culture a little bit, and this is where company culture can really, really step in. And this is where HR needs to step in and say, look, you know, if we have these flexible policies or whatever, allow part-time telecommuting or whatever works for your business, you know, we'll be able to maintain this company culture. If we start forcing people to do things, you're going to lose some employees and, and you don't want to do that. The other thing is with the vaccination, um, really getting it is dependent on where you live and how old you are and how sick you are. Um, and some people are going to be, it's going to be a while um, before, before you get it. I mean, right now in Switzerland, they are still vaccinating only 75 and older and people with serious health conditions. Um, I'm 47. It's going to be a while before I'm eligible for one. And, um, you know, businesses are going to be dealing with that. You know, a lot of companies, when the vaccine rolled out, I got a lot of CEOs saying, I want to make the vaccine mandatory. You know, can I write a policy for that? And I'm like, sure, you can write a policy for that. But what good does it do to have a policy that no one can follow? Like, you can say, Suzanne, you have to get a vaccine. And I say, great, but I'm not getting one for at least six months, if not longer, because it's just not available to me. You know, so you've got to really think through some of these, these things and HR needs to be there to, to tell the CEOs to chill out. Um, you need to, you need to calm down. We need to work this out, but you need to, you're going to have to wait. And they're going to be dealing with people who are upset about um, still having to wear a mask, for instance, after they've been vaccinated. Well, that's still the guidance we're getting from the Center for Disease Control. And the, all the things that HR is, doctors is not one of them. So, you know, we have to go with this outside advice. And then as countries slowly change and as travel changes, how do you implement your travel policy? Do you require someone to have a vaccine before they travel? Um, then what do you do if someone has a disability um, that prevents them from getting a vaccine? Um, or if someone who is pregnant or um, has religious objections, then how are you going to handle that? And there's just so much in the policy space, which again, isn't the snazzy out front, you know, here, let me put on this seminar for you that you all clap and cheer because it's so much fun. It's sitting in the office, it's talking to lawyers, it's talking to experts, it's communicating with other HR people, it's figuring out what's best for our company at this time. And that's going to be a lot of what's necessary. And the thing is, is if we do it well, the employees won't even notice. 
But if we do it poorly, it will be really destructive to the company and the company culture. The final snippet that I want to share with you today comes from episode 279, in which we considered ways to create and maintain a company culture that rocks. And my guest that time was Jim Knight, keynote speaker, facilitator, founder at Knight Speaker and influencer in the culture space. In that interview, Jim gave a fantastic answer when I asked him, what are the key organizational focal points that leaders should address to amp up company culture? And as part of that, how have those tenants changed as a result of the COVID turmoil and socio-political changes that we've faced over the past year? Yeah, it's definitely going to be a challenge, uh, you know, and I think probably some distance-based working, distance-based learning, even communication right now. Uh, particularly in some countries where there's still a lockdown going on. Um, people are still furloughed. Some people have lost their jobs. I get that. But I think in the work environment, which is where I sort of focus my energy more than anything else, there are going to be some challenges. You know, I think, you know, more than ever, and this is what frustrates me, even after lockdowns have been lifted in some locations in my country, you know, there's still some markets that are locked down, but others that have opened up and they're fully hundred percent open. And yet it blows my mind that there are some companies out there that maybe aren't bending over backwards or not bringing something exciting to the table. They've just become a little bit apathetic and, and it blows my mind. I'm like, you haven't had work or business for six, seven, eight months. You should be doing everything possible to get people to come and join you to spend money with you, whatever it is. So I think maybe a couple things. There are some challenges. I think if if I was a leader, I got to understand today's workforce that they're just they're visual, they're tech savvy, they they do have short attention spans. Uh, you know, they're they're philanthropic in nature. Like these happened before the COVID environment, but now coming out of it, technology is going to be so much more important. And you may as well figure out a way to get your your team to utilize technology. There's going to be significant amount of change. We've gone through a lot. But now, in my mind, that means you better start being more nimble and flexible. You know, I thought I was recession proof and, and I have been as a as a business, but I was not pandemic proof. And I'm, I'm sure a lot of companies weren't as well. So I, I think these challenges are still going to be there. But now I still think there's things you can do. You can refuse to become apathetic and sit back on your laurels in anything that you're doing. You cannot just focus on, like I said, the product service has got to be unbelievable. I, I think you can become an expert. You personally, if I'm a leader or as an employee, either one, I, I can start becoming an expert in whatever my, uh, my industry is. Listen to podcasts, read books, take courses, you know, dive into the business so that when things get back to, you can't see me doing air quotes. When, when we get back to doing normal or the new normal, you're valuable to the organization one way or another. You know, if I'm a manager, I'm, uh, I might be doing a SWOT analysis, you know, the old strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. Like I'm trying to figure out how can I anticipate some change? How can I head them off at the pass? How, how can I, when I get my team back together, love on them a little bit more, you know, just saying thank you more and, and looking for reward and recognition initiatives. Like we probably weren't doing a lot of that before, but now, oh man, I, I would be bending over backwards to be thanking people. I, I would do everything in my power to, to, to promote people to, to and, and I'm not saying really promote them in level, but just creating this army of, of what I maybe call promotable giants. They are ready to take on more responsibilities. You don't got to tell me about the brand's mission. I got it. 
I, I, I'm, I'm all about it. I'm a brand ambassador for you. So, you know, I'm throwing out a lot of things, but I think you can bring the flamethrower every day and light up the culture. You can do it from a distance. You can do it when you're standing in front of people. You've got to, as a leader, perhaps motivate and inspire and communicate more than ever, especially now that we're coming out of the COVID environment. It's no different. I just think it's amped up a little bit more. That's a wrap for this special 300th episode of the HR Chat Show. I hope you enjoyed the mashup and thanks for your support. We'd love to offer a special thanks right now to the many sponsors who continue to support us so that we can keep producing new episodes and new content on the HR Chat Podcast. Speaking of which, upcoming episodes will feature brands such as DHL, Claire, Talent Reef, Last Minute Training, Ezra, Rabbit, Mintz Consulting, the California HR Society, and the US federal government. I've been Bill Bannum. Until next time, happy working. Thank you for listening to the HR Chat Podcast, brought to you by the HR Gazette. 